Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground right here on the live Paranormal Radio Network, iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Automatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio, and the list goes on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles and beyond. I'm a creative and performing artist. And I come to you live from my home in Southern California. Every week at 3 o'clock Pacific time, this show is about everything that lives beyond the realm of the three dimensions. So whether you want to know if there's life after death or you think there's a Loch Ness Monster and you're above ground swimming pool, it belongs right here on Haunted Playground. And every week on the show, I gather folks that I believe to be the brightest and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in both the paranormal and the spiritual communities. And we talk about everything that is beyond the realm of what some call reality. And my guest today is no exception to that. He's making his debut on this show, but has done my radio shows in the past. He's from Ghostwatch Paranormal, and I recently saw him when we were both involved in the amazing Parapod Festival in Santa Clarita uh, the first weekend of April. Please welcome to the show, uh, back to the show, but to this show for the very first time, the wonderful Paul Roberts is here. And how are you, my friend? It's going to be good to hear your voice. Hi, Sheena. It's great to hear your voice. I'm so happy that we uh, we caught up. <laughs> I know that nice and reconnected again. Yes, exactly. It's so been, it was I way thought, too long. Yes. When you were last here on a show with me, um, you were part of a different paranormal group that we were both a part of. And um, so what has happened since then? How did Go to Watch happen? And... Um, you know, why are you still here in the paranormal community? <laughs> they, they, they're trying their best to get rid of me, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded kind of like that. Didn't mean, I meant like, you know, because some people just give up after a while. They go back to their regular normal lives and they forget about the paranormal. But you seem to be in it for life, and I love that about you. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's, I mean, basically you kind of said it yourself there. It's, um, you know, people, people move on, you know, and, and sometimes the paranormal kind of has to take a different, you know, a backseat to life and bills and careers and marriages and all that kind of good stuff. And, and, you know, sometimes it just, you're left standing and, and, you know, that's, that's kind of how it is with Ghostwatch where we're still around, we're still kicking, uh, we're still doing new and different things and, uh, we're loving it. And, you know, for me, yeah, it is, it is a, a lifelong kind of a, a journey. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you get into the paranormal for folks who are just turning in and, um, and, and just tuning in and hearing you for the first time, what, what really kind of sucked you in? Well, um, and it sounds like the, the beauty pageant, 
uh, answer, but, you know, yeah, the paranormal has always been part of my life and it, you know, grew up around it. Um, but it was 20, 2010, 2011, I went through what was called an oppression um, here at, uh, in my house and didn't know what was going on, didn't know what that was happening until, you know, it was kind of like I was able to catch myself. Um, and I always give credit to where credit is due. I was watching Paranormal State one night randomly. Uh, Lorraine Warren was on there, and she started talking about oppression and the symptoms and the signs. And I'm like, and it just light bulb went off in my head. And so, and thank God I was able to pull myself out of that mess. Um, and then once I kind of got back on my feet, gathered myself and caught my breath, I was able to say, okay, there's a lot going on here. This is something I need to kind of like delve into further and find out more information about it. And for lack of a better word, kind of experience more of it, not necessarily the, what I had gone through, but just more in the paranormal and, and meet other people, you know, to see what their experiences were. Um, so, you know, I didn't have to go it alone. Sure. Sure. So, so what, you know, so, so why don't you explain to my listeners what an oppression is? Because I think people think they're only like two things, either you're haunted, you're in a haunted house, or you're possessed. And people don't know there's anything in between. And living in a haunted house can mean hundreds of things. You can be haunted by right. a variety of things. And also possession Absolutely. is very, very rare. It, it, incredibly rare. Um, and oppression, you know, Not. they talk about three, three, three stages, you know, infestation. Um, and if you want to use the D word demonic or I, I kind of like just towards, you know, negative energies, um, sure. you know, if, if the stations kind of when they move in with you, they test the waters, um, they affect your environment, they start, you know, wearing you down a bit. Oppression is literally when they kind of move in with you um, and just start literally to, to kind of like drain your energy, drain your will, um, just start to really, really weaken you. Um, and then from there, it kind of goes in two ways. Either you pass away um, because what's going on is, is really heavy, or it goes into the, the evolution of, of possession because you have no more defenses, you're weak, you're easily susceptible to them kind of like coming in and hosting. And so the oppression was, was pretty heavy. It was pretty dark. And, and I tell people, you know, I'm lucky to be here because it, it got really dark. Um, but it, it, it goes to what like you're saying. I don't, to, I don't mean to tell you what happened to you as a person because only you no. know, but that sounds like demonic energy. Not all negative energy is demonic. Some negative energy right. is just bit sturdy but not really harmful. Um, annoying but not harmful. But when it really is affecting your life like that that badly, I usually think that's something demonic. Uh, just for the sheer amount of power it has. Oh, yeah. You agree? And, you know, night, nightly there would be shadow people in my room, and it would vary from one to three. I think three was the most I've seen in my room at a time, and it's not a big room. Um, you know, and they would just randomly appear in different areas, sometimes, you know, in the court, mostly in the corner opposite my bed, but sometimes like standing over me, watching me, um, never saying anything, never, and never engaging, but just kind of their presence was there. And, and believe me, that was, that was plenty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, was it just you or was it everyone in your household? I mean, was it, a, because that can be, there's two different things, right? Sometimes the haunting mm -hmm. is a 
a space, and sometimes a haunting is a person. Right. And I think in this case, you know, I kind of believe in the fact that if you vibrate, if you have low vibrations, low energy, or, or you're emitting that kind of, of, of frequency, whether it's depression, and that's what I was going through, or breakup, or, or whatever, you know, those kind of low vibrations, these are the kind of things that they, those energies look for. Um, so it was very much honed in on me. It was very focused on me. Thank goodness. Um, but when I was living through it, like nothing would come through the threshold of my door. Like my dogs, they're excited. They're miniature pinchers, um, you know, brave little animals, but they would not cross into my room. My roommate, same thing. You know, the times that I would have my door cracked open or open a little bit, um, he would just talk to me from the hallway. He wouldn't come inside. He wouldn't open the door. Um, but it was just those kind of subtle things, the, the changes in your atmosphere and your environment that you may yeah. not be aware of, but it's, it's signs saying that, hey, there's really something not right going on here. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it's very true. And, and dogs are, are an interesting um, – and cats. I mean, all animals, right, are an mm-hmm. interesting pet. Oh, so I grew up in a very, very negative haunted house, and I hmm. believe that now, in retrospect, you know, forty something years later, I believe the root of that was that there was a negative force energy. I believe it was a combination of two things. We lived in an Indian burial ground where there was a portal oh. in the house. Oh dear. And was a negative attachment that probably re- predated that place that was attached to my father. Oh, my because gosh. The got worse after he died and then went away. So oh, wow. I really was something that was attached to him. He was in life a very negative person um, mm. and a very selfish person. So, um I went through a lot of the crazy stuff that you went through and, and, and that house. Um, I think it, it's a, it's a catch 22, right? Because activity brings the entities, but then the entities bring more negativity. Yes. So you find yourself very isolated from people around you. Um, our family yes. never fought as bad when we lived in that place. So the interesting thing that you were saying about animals. So there was a particular room in this house that was probably where the portal was. And it was, you know, sadly my bedroom. And <laughs> right my bedroom was an open, like a, an open attic space. And that's probably oh, wow. where it nested right? because there was nothing to bother it there. Yeah. And um, I wound up leaving that room and started sleeping downstairs because I didn't want to be in that room anymore. And after I left that room, our dogs that had been together since, he was 18 months old and she was born, never mm-hmm. had had a problem with each other. The little one, she would go upstairs and spend time in that room. And then she would come down and literally try to kill him, like try to literally oh. rip him apart. Oh, my gosh. And she wasn't a dog. She was a sweet little cuddly dog that everybody liked. But and it was always like right around midnight, she would go to that room. Uh-huh. And then she would come try to kill him. So my mom wound up having to lock that room. Because she couldn't oh, keep her wild. out. Like she put a baby gate up, climbed over it. She was a little tiny carrier. Really? She climbed up over a baby gate. So she was getting oh something from that. And it was telling her, like, go kill Duffy. And then she would come downstairs and try to kill him. And they never had a problem with each other before that. 
So I think that animals are good. If your animals don't like something, they don't like a room, they don't like a person, (laughs) this place, get away. Literally the canary in the mine. It it's <laughs> I think yeah. it's good advice if if anybody's buying a new house or something like that, just just bring a dog or a cat with them and check the house out first. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah, preferably a cat because their judgment is especially. Um, That's true. <laughs> yeah. If if animals feel uncomfortable, you know, as a matter of fact, years yeah, later they'll, they'll pick up on it. After we move here, and of course, once we moved here. To California, they had no problem with each other again. The dogs, and everything went back to normal. That's 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 wild. And she was funny because she loved everybody, especially guys I was dating. And I brought a guy home once, and she snarled at him constantly every time he came. And mom was like, "Look, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I wouldn't date somebody my dog hated." And (laughs) I mean, ever to this day, do I know of anything he did that was not good? But, man, she uh-huh. hated him. So animals, if you think there's something in your house, right, animals are a good gauge. And also with living people, if you're worried about somebody, animals uh-huh. are a very good gauge. And um, I feel bad for animals that live in places like that, don't you, Paul? Because they're seeing and feeling a whole new agony that we're not even getting. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You just see sometimes these poor animals that just cannot wait to get outside of the house, um, you know, who just are looking for any crack in the door or open window just to to get out and, and run. <laughs> because like you said, you know, they're, they're sensitive to things that we may not be sensitive to or, or, you know, looking at things or seeing things that we can't, you know, see with our eyes. But, you know, to them it's kind of clear as day. And I just couldn't imagine what, what you know, some of them go through. How did you get out of that environment, or how did you get away from that energy? What was the what was the catalyst for you to get away from it? It's 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 very it's very hot. It's it literally was watching watching that show and, and listening to Lorraine Moore and and I took her advice and you know her in her her way of, of putting it was just you know just reclaiming your space and so. It was that very night when I started seeing the shadow people standing there and I start, you know, just having that, again, that's just that feeling. Um, I verbally just kind of shouted out really at the at top volume of my voice. Um, you know, every profanity you can think about, just get out of my house, get out of my room. This isn't your room. This is my life. And it was something that I had, would, would do literally every night. And it must have taken at least two to three weeks of this going on every night. Like, I would be asleep, I would wake up, I would see something, and I would just start yelling at it just to get out. Um, and then it was probably, like I said, about two or three weeks worth of that, of constant, you know, reaffirmation of, of, of owning your space, um, that it just felt, and the best way I describe it is if there was a, a big three-foot balloon in my room and somebody just popped it. And all of a sudden the atmosphere, wow. everything just changed. And... Um, I remember afterwards because, you know, I'd, uh, the dogs would come back into the room. My roommate was, would walk in and he's like, I don't know what you did to your room, but wow, it's a difference. Um, so it was really quick to like, you know, like I say, is, is clean your walls, clean your room, get rid of all that energy, repaint the room, um, you know, just to kind of lighten, brighten, change the energy. 
Um, you know, that helped a lot. And then I apologized to my roommate. I said, I'm so sorry. There must have been so many times where I'm waking you up because, you know, I'm yelling at that three, four in the morning. And he's like, I never heard anything. If you were yelling, I never heard anything, which is bizarre because the walls aren't that thick in this house. (laughs) Do you think you were yelling with your mind's eye and you just thought you were yelling with your voice? Oh, no, I was yelling. I was wide awake and I was yelling. I mean, I would, I would yell to where my voice would crack. Um, that's how, how loud and how much I would have to yell, just to, you know, just vent and get it all out. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was me yelling. <laughs> your mind's eye, but I guess that would have to be like your mind's voice. It, you know, um, and, and sometimes... it was probably... I'm sorry? Oh, I was just saying, it was just probably in addition to um, me verbally having right. to, to kind of say, you know, get out. I'm sure that's probably a lot of it as well. Right. It's like when you have um, get attacked by um, what, what the psychologists call sleep paralysis. Can you see my giant finger quotes whooshing through the air right now, Paul, with your mind? <laughs> right. Right through the phone. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid with that um, in that house where some, suddenly something would be pushing down on me and I couldn't move. Oh. And um, I know I screamed a lot, but I think mm-hmm. I probably screamed in my head because I was paralyzed and probably couldn't scream on the outside. But that's a scary yeah. thing when that happens to you. I mean, I can't remember the last time that happened. Um, well, never actually since um, leaving that house, but for a long time, and still sometimes, since I left that house, I would have night terrors about that house. I never had night terrors oh, wow. until I left that Oh, my gosh. House. I would have night always be about the house. Um, and they're usually like, I wake up, let's say, and I'm in my house, and I uh, try to turn the lights on, and the lights will never turn on. And I walk over to the like, kitchen, and I open the door to the dining room, and I walk through, and I'm in that house. And then once I'm in that house, then evil ensues. That's always how it is. I'm always in that house. Because I think sometimes uh, an evil that takes place in a place, right, can Mm -hmm. can, a darkness can follow you, right? I know I just use the E word, but you can say negativity or whatever. (laughs) It it can follow you. Um, That house is trying to call you back, right? Because it it wants you Uh to come back so we can eat. A hundred percent. And that's another thing, you know, um, you know, that, that, uh, you know, just learning the, the teachings from like Ed and Lorraine, um, you know, even their, their um, son-in-law, Tony and, and Judy um, is just the belief that, you know, kind of once you're on that radar, the D word, um, it's like a hive mind. You're on your, you're known from, from that point on. Um, and I know later on, you know, as we were doing more investigations and we're getting into a little bit more of darker energies and darker locations, you, you just had the sense that things knew who you were already before you walked in the door. Um, you yeah. know, and that's, it's sad, but I mean, it's, it's just one of those risks that, that you kind of um, have to, have to deal with, have to cope with, um, you know, if you're going to be an investigator, if you're going to go, um, exploring, you know, these kind of locations. It's a risk. It's a risk that people, you know, may not be aware of or know the severity of, let's put it that way. Um, you know, it's not uh, a possession that's done after the commercial break and everything's all good and back to normal. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. 
Um, what, now, um, it's interesting because at Parapod, where we reconnected, I taught um, um, a lecture and, and a workshop, and that was what it was called. It's called Are You Haunted? And that's what my upcoming book will be called. Um, I've been thinking about writing that book for over 10 years. But it's basically haunted is an expression that I use. Once you've had a paranormal experience, a psychic experience, an out-of-body religious experience, a spiritual experience, a uh, UFO experience, you are forever haunted. And it's exactly what you said. Mm. You just perfectly. It's almost like a hive mind, like you've been touched. And yeah. you're forever sort of branded by it. And then when you encounter things uh, that fall beyond the three dimensions, it's almost like they're drawn to you, like there's an invisible watermark on you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good way to put it, invisible watermark. I love that. Trademark it. What, invisible watermark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but so I just call it because I think it is, because even if you've had a near-death experience, like, for instance, I have a mm-hmm. friend who, um, during a super simple procedure a couple of weeks ago, had a cardiac arrest and was dead for, like, 25 oh. minutes. Oh, my God. And he has, in the last couple of weeks, had some really intense spiritual experiences. And I'm like, you know what, man? You're haunted. You went home, and now you have a different energy. I had a near-death experience when I was 23. You have a different energy when you come back. And I think they, they see you. You shine a little bit brighter because you have a little bit of the smell of that place still on you. Oh, that's wild. And so he's not like a guy that would ever have talked about stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now it's yeah. a little unnerving. He's had a couple of really bizarre experiences. And I told him you probably will continue to have them. Right. I mean, that's, 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 that's part of the, that's part of the package with it, you know, it's, but then the good thing is he has you as a friend to be able to kind of talk him, talk him through things. <laughs> and like you said, sure, you're, sure, yeah, you're yeah, able exactly. to kind of tell him, Hey, <laughs> what's that well i think that's part of what you need is just to know that it's normal right mm-hmm. that it's okay and it's normal exactly i think that's that's one of the things too that that happens with you know people trying to get into the paranormal or or, or just kind of questioning is is just the fact that you know a they don't have anybody really to talk to um because there is still you know somewhat of a, a stigma about it you know socially um but then, you know, they also don't have anybody kind of like – they don't have resources available to kind of say like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. This this is common. This this I get this now. Because um, yeah. I think that's – I mean, basically that's all that we're looking for is just kind of that that uh, that tribe that you kind of fit into. And you're like, okay, we're, we're all – we all have that invisible watermark. We're fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> this, is, this is great. <laughs> Right, exactly. And you realize why it is that when you've had one experience, then you've had two, three, five, seventeen, twenty-four, and not just with the same thing you had the original experience with, right? Suddenly now, right. you know, an off-worlders video, or you're having some an interdimensional experience or a cryptozoological experience. It doesn't have to be the same thing. It's so funny. Uh, uh, ben Hansen, he was there at uh, Parapod with us. And uh, I told him just straight out, I was like, um, you know, UFOs just 
blow my mind only because I think it's, it's, and I hate to say this, it's just kind of like that whole science fiction thing of like, I don't know why I would say like, you know, UFO and aliens physically. I'm like, okay, I can, this, this is happening. This is real. This we're starting to see things coming out and, you know, and for us, or at least myself, you know, with being in the, in the ghost and the paranormal world, you know, we're still searching for that. We'll never get to the point where people scientifically will, will sign off on it. That's, that's just not going to happen. Um, but, you know, I was just t- telling him that, you know, it's amazing how, how people have come around to the idea of aliens and UFOs and visitations and, and you know, experimentation um, so much easier than, you know, than ghosts. Right, right. Well, I think the idea that aliens are living beings, they're just from another planet, mm-hmm. is easier for folks to digest than the idea of non-living entities. Right. Because we live in a, right. a world where everything is alive, and I think we think everything should be alive. Although with off-worlders, are they all alive, Paul? Because some of them probably are more interdimensional, and interdimensional beings, I think, can be alive or cannot be alive. It just depends on the being. I mean, we don't, it's, it's bizarre because we don't know really, we always talk about, you know, like the building, you know, blocks of, of life and carbon and all that kind of, uh, you know, ideal, but who knows, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, um, you know, there could be life forms that are completely, you know, opposite of that. And we have no idea and we don't know what it means for, for what, being alive means to them in a way. And I'm sure I'm not making any sense whatsoever. Um, no. But yeah, you are. What, what, what our reality may not, may not be able to fathom what their reality is or what their, their definition of existence is. And so, yeah, it kind of, it, it just, you know, it's, it's like a, it's just a spiral. Once you start thinking about it and, <laughs> and going down that, that, that road of thought, you're like, Oh my God. It's overwhelming. Yeah, I agree. It's insane, and I and I think that you know I had a um, well, I had two ufology experiences. One, I was one, so I don't remember, but my mother was there, and it's her story, really. Really, I was just oh wow, sitting in my little carrier, bouncing on the dryer. But um, um, but then I had one maybe twenty years ago, and um, I don't know if those things, those beings were physically in a room or just popping in and popping out, you know, I don't, I don't know. And maybe you get to a certain level of evolvement where you can do that. You can pop in and pop out, you know, like a time traveler, you can be there yet not be there. Um, right. I'm sure it's possible. We don't know how to do that now ourselves, but, things are possible the more that you we become advanced and use more and more of this brain that we use what like five percent of exactly exactly and and you know folks can astral project because folks have memories of it i've done it a couple of times myself not not like some people where i go to a fantasy world like narnia or something i'm just i'm just you didn't pull a doctor strange on us Right, everybody, oh, I astral projected to the Akashic Records and I read my own. I'm like, really? I just was in a lot of pain a couple of times and I popped out of my body for five seconds, panicked and popped back in. It's not really that exciting <laughs> oh for God. me. Right. But I do <laughs> possible while you're fully conscious to fly out mm-hmm. of your body and literally be looking down at your body. 
So if that is possible, then it's possible that beings that are way more light years more advanced than us could, mm-hmm. in essence, be able to project their image somewhere to another planet and then project it back without even physically having to go. That's, I mean, that is the ultimate remote viewing. Um, right. Kind of. Yes. But that's what it is. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, that's that's brilliant. I was just. When you're talking about that, that's all I could think about were like all the tests in the 40s and the 50s with psychics and remote viewing and, and testing them to see if they can, if, if they're able to kind of project out and, and, you know, look at an environment that they're not in. And it's, that's fascinating. I love that. I, I mean, that's, that's a book in itself right there. I know there's so many, so many books, right? So many books, so little time. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, like when I saw those off-worlders, I mean, were they actually there or were they just projecting their image there? I mean, if I had reached up and touched one, could I have? I didn't. I was froze. It, I wasn't touching anybody. But had I been was that able in your to, home? I mean, I'm sorry? Oh, was that in your home or, or a place you were visiting? Or? It was in my home. I went to sleep early because I lived back-to-back with musicians that never slept. So I literally <laughs> never went hour in the dark and the yeah. second one was out of town like you know what out of town for like a month and I'm like you know what all I'm gonna I'm gonna well I'm gonna go to bed at 10 o'clock and turn all the lights off and I don't normally do that because I grew up in a haunted house and I don't really right. sleep without lights on I'm with somebody else and even then I'm always lobbying for a nightlight so um, <laughs> I turn the lights off a lot of Low coming in, there was a full moon, and it was really so. There was light coming in the room, and I live on a pool. My my valley house, my Sherman Oaks house, is on a pool, and so people were in the pool, and they were splashing, and they were playing music, and I love going to sleep with the sounds of people in a pool. I love to like nap in the morning while kids are in the pool. Like I love that, and I oh, I wow. went to sleep, and I woke up. I don't know how much later. And I could still hear the music, and I could still hear the splashing, and I could still hear the talking, but my bed was surrounded by these little dudes, oh and they God. were making notes, like on like almost like iPads. But this was kind of before we had iPads, and they really? were wandering around the. They had little like lab coat looking things on, and I was like, okay, I don't want any part of this at all. So I just laid there and <laughs> pretended like it wasn't. And then I woke up again. I don't know how much. And I could still hear the pool, still hear the music, still hear the people, but they were gone. So, okay. So I could say to myself, it was a dream. It was a fantasy. I'm crazy. Yada, yada, yada. So about five years later, I had a medium on the show, medium, new friend. I didn't know her at the time. Mm -hmm. And after she did the show, she kept calling me and saying, I have to talk to you, I have to talk to you, I have to talk to you. And I'm like, you know, the last thing I want is, like, for people to feel like they have to give me psychic greetings. You know what I mean? Finally, she right. said, I yeah. know you're ignoring me, but they're not going to stop bugging me unless you take my call. So please pick up. Funny, because now she's one of my best friends. But So I talked to her in a Panera Bread, and she gave me some <laughs> messages. And then she said, uh, tell me about your – first she said, tell me about your near-death experience, anything about my near-death experience. So that was kind of weird. And then after we went through that, she mm. said, and tell me about the time you saw the off-worlders. And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, come on, tell me about the time the off-worlders were in your house. So I wow. did. I told her, 
And she said, they were there for a reason. They took something. And I said, what did they take something? What would they take? She said, they took something that was going to be trouble. And they took it out so it wouldn't be trouble. So about 10 years later, I found out I had a giant fibroid tumor and I had to have a hysterectomy. And I had always had problems with my system. I lost an ovary and a fallopian tube when I was 20. And that was my good one. The bad one was my right ovary. It caused a lot of problems. It was always getting cysts. It was always having problems. And when I went to have the hysterectomy pulse, it was gone. Uh They couldn't find it. They said, we don't want to keep you under anymore. They closed me up. And it has never been heard from again. And I mean, make what you want But according to her, they came in and they took it because it was going to become a problem. And she said, you know, and a problem that starts with a big C. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. It was gone. And I know I had it because I'd had so many surgeries there. They had seen it before in surgeries. It was there. Uh And it wasn't. So um, it's interesting, right? I mean, you don't know what to do with it. Of course, doctors say, oh, sometimes they just dry up. Sort of things just disconnect themselves and go away. And they're thinking, well, how often does that happen? Like one day you wake up and your liver is gone. I mean, that's weird. Right? That doesn't seem. I just wake up in the bathroom. I know no one stole it. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. I I got like the hair raised on my arms when you were telling me that story. And the interesting thing was that um, because, you know, it happened, the hysterectomy happened. Let me think. Maybe, maybe a a year or two years after I had the conversation with her. And the thing is, because that was my only ovary, had it been gone that whole time, I wouldn't have been producing any estrogen, and that would have showed up in my blood work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it had to have. It had to have been a recent thing that it disappeared. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's an interesting – well, it makes you think maybe they're out there and and they care about us and they're here to help us. And maybe when they um, abduct you and give you an anal probe, there's a reason for it. (laughs) There's a light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) They're only probing all for your good. It's all for your good. (laughs) Yeah. But it is something – so I do think that, strangely enough, those of us that are haunted, right? And I say that, I use that term kind of in finger quotes too. We can have one experience and then we wind up having another experience. Have you had anything else after that oppression? I've had just just kind of within the ghost and the, you know, the paranormal world. Um, I've yet to, to really have any kind of a UFO experience. Um, and I told uh, Ronnie LeClerc, he was a, um, uh, speaker as well over at uh, at, at Parapod, um, and he's got the show Finding Bigfoot. And I told him, I'm like, I can go into anywhere and I can do a ghost investigation, ne- negative energy, whatever the reputation of a place is, you know, I can go in there and I have a little bit of, of you know, peace of mind that I'm going to be okay. I'm like, but there's no way you're going to get me out into the middle of the wilderness with just a little tiny nylon tent and I'm going to go look for, for a nine-foot creature that could literally rip me in half. And I'm like, you're brave. I'm not brave. You guys are brave. <laughs> so I'm like, 
I'm okay without yeah. having a, a Bigfoot experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay without having any kind of cryptozoological experience. It's okay if I never see any of that. As a matter of fact, on a regular basis, I tell Mothman, I don't ever want to see you, Mothman, because something about you really <laughs> creeps me to the bone. Right. No right. Mothman. And all the connotations that come with them, too. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> any impending disasters for me. Thank exactly. you very much. <laughs> Exactly. You know, set aside that it's a huge humanoid moth creature. It's like, oh no, you're 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 not bringing us good news, are you? (laughs) I always say that Mothman is like the Mrs. Kravitz from Bewitched of the cryptozoological world because they show up and just like, (laughs) going to happen. (laughs) They're all it's watching your town. So have you had any more experiences in the demonic realm since that oppression? Not the worst thing that ever happened, but I I don't think it was demonic. I think it was just some really angry energy. (laughs) It was Virginia City. Um, We had, uh, and oddly enough, we had just came back maybe a couple of weeks from visiting uh, Lorraine Warren and, and exploring kind of the Warren Museum. Um, and, you know, kind, kind of exploring all the, the artifacts and things that they had there. Um, we came back to L.A., then drove over to Virginia City. Uh, we did a, you know, kind of a standard investigation at Mackey Mansion and didn't think anything about it because, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a haunted facility, but it's, there's never any stories of anything dark or foreboding. Um, but that night, something dark and foreboding kind of started to happen and then that's kind of when all of us looked at each other like oh is this something that we brought back with us did something kind of you know tag along and again going sure, to the whole sure. the whole thought of you know us being haunted um sure you know if it's something where they recognize that oh okay well you guys are kind of like along the same vibrations i am let me just tag along and see where you guys will take me um so we stopped the investigation. It got that odd. It was just an odd feeling. Things were kind of happening really quickly and escalating. And so we decided to call it a night. You know, we, we said our goodbyes and stay here, all that kind of good stuff. And um, I actually was uh, had rented out the miner's cabin uh, down the hill from Virginia City. Um, again, super, super haunted location. Um, it's only like 30 feet away from uh, a mining entrance where, you know, I think 31 or 32 miners had lost their lives um, back in the day. So it's an active, active location. And two of the investigators were in the living room. Um, and then basically it's like a kitchen, a bathroom, a doorway, another bathroom, and then the back room. And I was uh, sleeping alone in the back room. And I just remember it was, went to sleep. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was bad. Everything was great. And then I was awoken by fists literally pounding on the back of my back. And that's how I woke up. Wow. And even when I woke up, it just kept on going. It didn't stop. And I was just flipping out. And you're talking about, you know, screaming in your mind's uh, voice. I was screaming in my mind's voice because I just could not believe what was going on. I couldn't say anything. Um and then I don't know how long it happened. You know, in my head, it went on for a minute, but I'm sure it was probably maybe five or ten seconds after, after I had already woken up. And so then it just stopped, and it felt like something got off of me. And then it was just quiet. 
And unfortunately, I had my contact lenses out at the time, so I couldn't see boo. I mean, nothing. Um, on top of the fact that it was pitch black in that room. Um, so it was unnerving. So it took, it took a while for me to kind of gather myself and then walk, shamble over to the bathroom, put my contact lenses on, catch my breath. And, uh, you know, the, the humorous thing about it was at that point in time, I was like, all right, I'm out of here. Not, I'm not dealing with this. So I gathered my stuff and my equipment and things, and I loaded up the Jeep, and I headed down the road. And it was about a mile down the road, and then just the voice in the back of your head is like, you know, you're, you're just leaving them back there by themselves. You know that, right? <laughs> and I thought, oh, crap, <laughs> i got to go back. <laughs> so I made the U-turn, came back, went in through the, the, the back entrance because there's two two doors into, into the cabin. Um, and I, I stayed up the rest of the night watching uh, Golden Girls rerun. I mean, it was yeah. just un- until 7 in the morning, and then – I woke them up and said, "Okay, we're we're leaving." And they looked at me and they couldn't believe they were, they knew something had happened. Just I guess my voice, but just the way I looked, they said, "You just look like all the blood had drained out of your body." And I was like, "Okay, we're going." <laughs> and that was it. We 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 took yeah. off. Yeah. But that was probably the the most that that had had happened since any kind of an oppression or anything like that. Knock on wood. You know, nothing, nothing too heavy, nothing too bad. Just normal, you know, um, interactions, you know, with ghosts or or different energies or something like that. But that was that was the most, you know. And again, it was kind of like the tail end of a hurricane off of what was going on during that investigation. That was kind of like, whoa, okay, you know, here here we go. And again, you know, this it could happen in five years, ten years, fifteen years from now. Um, who knows? It's just it's like you said, once you're marked or once once you're you're part of that haunted group, you know, you're you're in it for for, for the rest of your days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. It's one right, exactly. They know you. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. you know, people always say, Oh, she can't hurt you but that that's not true. I mean I've been I've been punched, I've been punched in the sternum, um at a, at a haunted town. Texas, the same haunted town in Tech Gallery, and the place where Bonnie and Clyde had hung out, and something oh, wow. full on punched shoulder. I mean, I couldn't believe I didn't have a bruise because the pain in my shoulder was so intense. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen to you. Oh, and, absolutely! Um, I've been scratched. You know, it's yeah, no, but no, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing compares to the to that feeling and I'll stop and I just it's vivid I can still feel it you know if I if I just close my eyes and think about it I could still feel those fists hitting my back it was nuts yeah 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 it's uh it's you need to be careful and you need to make sure all these investigators that go into these places blind you need to find a way to protect yourself before you go into a haunted place, whether oh, it's yeah. with, you know, necklaces or crystals or a mm-hmm. sage bath or white light protection prayers, or I prefer a combination of all of those things. You need to protect yourself before you go into a place like that. A hundred percent. And that's, that's kind of what, uh, you know, our next evolution we were teaching, I opened up uh, something called the ghost watch Academy. And basically, it's kind of a resource for people who want to start learning about investigations or getting into the paranormal. But we, 
you know, we emphasize that, you know, one of, one of our biggest classes that we, that we get the most people showing up to is Protection 101 um, and finding mm-hmm. whatever speaks to you and your belief set, that's, that's your protection. You know, it's, it's, I could say that, you know, oh, sure, I, I walk in with a crystal, but, you know, if that's something that's not in your faith system, that's, that's really not going to, you know, work so well for you. So it's, it's trusting in yourself to know what your protection is or what you have the most faith in and going with that. Um, you know, I don't try and push any, any particular, you know, points of view or aspects or anything like that. It's very much, um, you know, how it was for me. It's, it's just, it's, it's a path of discovery and you're going to take things from different people as you go along. And, you know, not one person is going to be right because not one person has all the answers, but, you know, if somebody talks to me or talks to you or listens to your radio show or watches a podcast or something, you know, they're going to gather all this information that's going to make them, you know, that much more um, aware and at least a little bit more prepared for what going into the, you know, the becoming a paranormal investigator entails. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not telling people don't follow your dreams. Right. I'm just saying... Right. Um, Go prepared. You know, <laughs> you need to... Go prepared. Right. I mean, you wouldn't go climb a mountain without knowing what you were doing. Exactly. And it just, it, it really had boggled my mind, you know, that there really wasn't any kind of a resource like that, you know, in not only in Los Angeles, I'm sure probably, in, you know, on back on the East Coast or something like that. But, you know, I'm, I was just shocked, you know, here in L.A., we didn't have anything that would, you know, offer that, that resource to people that were, you know, questioning the, the paranormal who wanted to become investigators. Um so yeah, hopefully we're just kind of like jumping in and and being available and and open and um, you know just being a resource. I think that's the the best way I keep on on describing it as um, for people that you know kind of kind of want to be a little bit more prepared or forewarned because you know if it was me you know back in the day uh, it was just I'm going off of TV shows. That's that was my knowledge. You know I'd read some books, but you know anything that i would watch was either on youtube or if it or it was on the sh- on, on television and we all know that's you know that that's kind of uh skewed um for lack of right. a better but word that's how I, that is how yeah. i learned um about it because i was just looking for answers for what happened to me in that house in the 70s late 70s uh-huh. i was just looking for an answer and and i got a lot of them from the tv shows if 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 nothing else, then I learned that there were a lot of people out there who were going through the exact same thing that I was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and again, you know, going going back to what I was saying about the oppression, if I hadn't been watching that episode of Paranormal State with Lorraine Warren on it, you know, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in, in that regards, yes. But, you know, in, in regards of like, you know, just – conducting yourself during an investigation or, or like you said, you know, having your protection up, you know, knowing, knowing that it's, it's, it's a draining thing. I think that's people really don't get it, but when they go on investigations with us, we kind of emphasize the thing of you have to take care of yourself, drink lots of water, snack, um, because I always call it the paranormal hangover the next day. It's, it's your body's tense, you know, whether it's, it's on high alert because you're putting yourself into a situation that, you're eager to see if you can spot anything or listen or hear anything. And, you know, normally in our normal day, we're not really that hyper vigilant, but during, you know, four hours or five hours of an investigation, you know, it's draining. It takes a lot out of you. 
and not only talking about just the spiritual energy that you're putting out to try and uh, communicate with whatever energies are there at the location. Um, just physically on top of that, your body's drained. Right. Yeah. And it can be draining to be on other people, living people that are very mm-hmm. scared or very nervous about it. That can be draining as well. Oh, full on. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, I always talk about my, the biggest word that I talk about in, in every one of my classes is uh, intent. You know, what's your intent? Why, why do you want to get into the paranormal? I mean, there's really not a bad reason, but it's just once you kind of come to that realization and then acceptance of this is why I want to do it, the rest of everything is, is, is going to go a little bit easier for you. And, you know, it's almost like taking your, your prerequisite classes in college. It's kind of like if you know what your major is, then you kind of know which way you're going to skew towards and you don't have to worry, you know, worry about pottery or, or something like that if you're going into, <laughs> you know, into law or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It is very important, though, I think, when, especially if you're an empathic person, many mm-hmm. investigators are empaths. That's why they've had so many spiritual experiences. It's... um. It's super important that you um, also navigate the human energy around you and know how to handle it and know how to not let it drain you. And then the spirits drain you on top of that, right? It's just just good that you got to stay strong. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main thing. You know, it's, it's staying strong and, you know, it's it happens before an investigation, during an investigation, and then, you know, after the investigation, too. It's, it's just, you know, it's it's things that people just may not be aware of if they're solely going off of a television show or, or, or YouTube channel or something like that. You know, there's there's things that we do beforehand, stuff that we do to protect ourselves during, and then afterwards, you know, there's also stuff that we do just to make sure that our lives go back to normal. Or as normal as we, yeah. can, we can be. <laughs> yeah. And that you don't live on it, right? That you find a way to stay a happy person. Oh, gosh, yeah. And there has to be the balance. You're, you're not living on every minute is ghosts are coming to get me or I'm being oppressed by spirits. Because that stuff can oppress you if you allow it to. And then you have oh, your whole life yeah. just experience to negative experience and there's no there's no positivity in your life right that happens to people sometimes oh absolutely you know i uh i was describing it to the class one time it's kind of like you know if, when you go into an investigation imagine that you're going you're 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 kind of like wading into a very dark swimming pool you know and you do your thing you're scuba diving you're splashing around the pool and you're having fun or and you're doing what you do but when you get out of that pool you know, the first thing that you do is you obviously you dry yourself off, you wash that residue off of you, um, and you leave it behind, and you go on about your day, and and you 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 know, you have to you have to have that separation, you have to have that balance, you have to be able to to leave it behind. Um, you know, you don't want that following you, and and like you said, it's kind of like um, draining the rest of or different aspects of your life. You know, then it's it's just it never works out well. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. You have to have a full life and the paranormal can't be every inch of your life. So right. what are some of the things that you're with ghost watch right now that, um, that people can get involved in? Ooh. 
Uh, let's see. We just started uh, a partnership with the uh, Los Angeles Police Museum. Um, it's in Highland nice. Park, and what they've been doing is they're uh, doing kind of like monthly uh, ghost tours and paranormal walks. So it's open to the, the public. Um, you can get tickets. Uh, our next one's coming up on Cinco de Mayo uh, on a Friday. And we only limit it to, I think, 20 people. So we divide uh, into two groups of 10. Um, so we try and keep it intimate. We try and keep it manageable. And, and you know, that way it's, it's enjoyable for everybody. Um, and the first portion of it is uh, the docent will take you around and they kind of talk about the detail and the history um, and the relevance of kind of like these different um, uh, vignettes and displays that they have there at the museum, which are mind-blowing. Um, you know, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and some of the stuff that they have there in that museum on display is just incredible. If you're a true crime or, or anything like that, uh, you know, just the, the pieces that they have on display um, are just remarkable in, in that respect from a history point of view. But from a paranormal mind, I'm like, okay, so you're telling me those are the clothes that the people were killed in. Yeah, they're they're. You know, for the North Hollywood shootout, they have the actual, you know, clothes that the two gunmen were wearing on mannequins, you know, and they're holding wow. the actual guns that they used during that crime. Um, and that's just one. <laughs> you know, they have the Onion Field murders where, where that took place. And, you know, they have the actual murder weapon there and they have a jacket and they, you know, and it's like, again, true crime, it's amazing. But from a paranormal point of view, I'm like, oh, crud, this is just. Full of stuff, isn't it? Um, and then the things awesome. that they... Oh, I'm sorry? I said, that's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 cool. And then the things that they have even that you don't see that are displayed. Um, they have rooms dedicated to, you know, the, the Manson murders. And with physical evidence okay. still kind of like locked away and filed away, that's there. Um, I'm trying to think Night Stalker, you know, that case. Um, Marilyn Monroe's death. Um, they have physical evidence of, of, of pieces of evidence there, you know, on the property. And so it's no wonder that it's hot <laughs> that, that those, the people that, yeah, that stay absolutely. there and work there, they're encountering stuff. I would love to join you sometime on one of those as a psychic, and I hate that we're out of time, but let's do oh, this again gosh. soon and we'll find you online. That would be fantastic. I'm, we're Ghostwatch Paranormal. We're Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, um, kind of on TikTok, but who knows? Um, and then we have our website, Ghostwatch Paranormal, too. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. What an honor to have you. And everybody, please, let's get Paul Roberts back on soon, Ghostwatch Paranormal, and go check out them. And I can't wait to go do an investigation with you guys. If you miss any of those links, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Uh, I'm on, uh, everywhere on social media, at SheenaMetal, HauntedPlayground.com liveparanormal.com, iheartradio.com, and all of our affiliates. Peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration, and know that you are loved and you are loved. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. 
with family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.